and welcome to another bonus episode of the Hero Podcast. In case you missed it, because of COVID-19, it's been um it's not been possible to record new episodes. Um, because you know, the whole premise is like a sit down, chat face to face and just really getting to spend time with someone and hear their story. Um and I tried a little bit of virtual, but I just prefer to do face to face, so no harm in looking back at some of the older episodes. Um, this is the today's episode with Neve O'Donoghue is episode seven from November twenty eighteen, when she was digital leader at uh, Image.ie. I've been aware of her for a couple of years, and I just thought she was so cool, and I really um. I just felt like she was one to watch and I wanted to kind of put my marker in the ground and be like, you're going to watch, you're going to do incredible things. She was doing incredible things at Image and uh, lo and behold, she's now at British Vogue. And in the start of this, of the episode, she talks about how she gets up every morning and she visualizes her desk at Condé Nast. And guys, 18 months later, she has a desk at Condé Nast. Unreal. Um, and I get to see her in London um, every now and again when, between her crazy, crazy busy job um, at Vogue. But uh, we go for drinks, we have chats. And yeah, it's just, I just think I'm so like thrilled for her and I'm proud to know her. And I just think it, the power of manifestation and she's had such like not nice things like really really challenging times and she's overcome them and she's come out of them stronger and wiser and more powerful and I really admire her and I she's only getting started so I really hope you enjoy this episode it's so cool she's amazing and thanks for listening enjoy hello everybody welcome to a new episode of the hero podcast I'm here with a lady that I'm very excited to be <laughs> freaking her out um I think this girl well I know this girl is going places and I don't know when I came across her probably two or three years ago and it was like oh someone told me it's like oh she she told Image to give her a job I'm here at Image magazine in Dunleary and um (laughs) is this a true story maybe we'll find out in a minute um but she's someone who she's so creative she's very innovative and you know you just see someone and you go oh my god this girl is going to be she's one to watch and I want to mark it now in time that Neve O'Donoghue is one to watch and I we can all look back on this podcast and go Nikki was right <laughs> how can I even live up to that kind of intro oh, just my god but, thank uh, you yes. welcome <laughs> to the hero podcast full of like stories of insight and inspiration and I think you know I know probably a bit I think I know like I've read articles and I heard you on Ryan Tuberty yeah. and you've um you've got you've done a lot in 20 in your 25 years yeah so tell us your bit. story so um, people who don't know who you are who is Neva Donahue? why should they be like holy crap Nikki's pointing this girl out as the next <laughs> the next big thing well now I really now I really I have to live up to it don't I <laughs> geez I better get to work um I am first and foremost a journalist a digital storyteller a doer a maker a thinker a singer an eater a drinker a player um, I'm all of those things yeah. and fingers in lots of pies fingers in lots of pies and I think it's really important to do that in your 20s as well um, and in fact I see myself going into my 40s 50s and 60s still doing 
10,000 things at yeah, one like time. Irish apple, that's who you'll be. But you have to, Irish you have to be able to flex the creative oh, yeah. bones and um, I think that's, it's really, really important. But anyway, I am, I'm 25. Yes. Um, I'm currently digital leader at Image Publications, which is absolutely fantastic and even kind of like pinch-worthy to say. Mm. Um, I studied journalism through Irish in DIT and then oh, cool. dropped the Irish because that was a bit silly of me um, <laughs> and studied pure journalism then. I, I do love language <laughs> um, and I would consider myself um, a fine El Gwaelgor, but it was a, a different kind of a uh, different kind of studying when you get into third level um, and throughout college I came across a lot of difficulties and I decided to step outside my comfort zone and not do the whole college drinking everyday thing which I actually didn't and part of me sometimes I didn't regrets. do that in college I no, regret it sometimes I, I do regret not doing like the big benders but I just I really really focused extremely hard when I was in college to meet the right people get into the right circles mm-hmm. start like learning my craft mm-hmm. um getting as much experience I just loved being in college so I didn't want to be hung over like I didn't want yeah, to me be too. like missing it or yeah anything. I ge- just genuinely enjoyed, and like yeah. it was such a struggle for me to get to college oh, that I really just like wanted to to breathe in every single second mm-hmm. of it and like take it all in and like do the extra classes and not in a kind of like weird swatty kind of way but I was really just like I was living you my knew best it was life your opportunity yeah, yeah. And I really I, I had I'd had so many setbacks up until that point that I just I knew I had to just this is it. This is my all. Mm-hmm. This is how I start my journey. Um, but maybe if we if we go back a step, um, the reason why I, I struggled so much is I've been in and out of um, hospital since I was 13 years old um, when I was diagnosed with idiopathic scoliosis, which is a skeletal disco- uh, a mul- Hang on, I have to get this right now because my doctor will kill me. <laughs> a mul- What is it? Multiskeletal, a rare skeletal disorder, right. right? That causes the spine to curve into an S shape. Um, so, oh um, I've had a series of extremely rough, tough operations throughout a couple of years, and I I missed a lot of school and a lot of like life in general. A lot of of like being uh, just being 14, being yeah, young. I missed yeah. being young, um, and so I really just wanted to put all that behind me and just like get on with it and just push myself. And then I remember kind of jumping ahead here but I remember handing in my thesis on the Tuesday and interviewing for image on the Wednesday and getting the job by the Friday and I just remember being like holy shit I did it (laughs) this is nice (laughs) set your mind to something it's funny truly yeah decide what you want to do no I I, I genuinely believe in the the power of of seeing something visualizing Mm. it and it will be yours and I wake up every morning genuinely and I I see my desk in Condé Nast and I, I see my name. Oh, you go, girl. I, I But I, I do, and yeah. I wake up and I visualize it. And, and for me, this right now, this is my Condé Nast. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't be more proud to, to be yeah. here. Um, but of course, there's, there's always going to be bigger and better. And, and I think when when you have that kind of mindset, you always think, well, okay, I'm here now. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> my mind kind I know. Of, it's yeah. funny. I've just been podcasting this morning, and it was like, you get your dream job, and then you've got to figure out a new like your wildest dream job totally and I think um one of the biggest challenges here is to to not fall comfortable mm-hmm. um which I haven't because it, because of the 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 nature of the industry it's a bit of a beast it constantly mm-hmm. changes and it constantly evolves and you have to be at the forefront of that change because if you're not you're left behind yeah. and it's not just you it's it's the entire industry you kind of you have to be 
you have to be the, the thought leader yeah. in it instead of just the follower, which... Um, but you can see that in image, even in, like... Totally. Even the four years that I'm in business and really, yeah. like, plugged into the Irish, you know, like, it's not a magazine anymore. It's a no. multimedia company powerhouse yeah, showing I'm, everyone else, like, this is how you, you like, innovate in a digital world. Totally. And to, to a younger audience who yeah. are just, like, eager for information and knowledge mm-hmm. and like hungry for it and they want to be involved as well um like I think a lot of a lot of people still think of a magazine as just a paper magazine that's mm. it it's uh, it's um dispensable and um, it's a bit futile but actually we have so many events that we carry for for both um older women in business and young mm-hmm. women we have um a number of huge events um award seasons every year um, that are literally like the highlight um, mm. and just then the content as well I think yeah. like I know if, if I get something out of it in my age and I know my, my friends my peers get something in, in their 20s 30s and 40s mm. and I know other women around the country are as well um, and it's just rewarding I think yeah yeah totally yeah because <laughs> it it's as well if you're saying thing that like it's so I love the image like the insta stories yeah. Like a lot of the time it's like, oh, you know, it feels like clickbait. Another, you know, I don't mean image. I mean image. It's like, here's an interesting topic. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, one of the like, things or, I... you know, the five things you need to buy this weekend. Yeah. Or do this weekend or, you know, or do you, you know, do you feel this about your life? You know, and so. Well, one of the things that's what was my remit last year yeah. was to, to look at digital, what we were doing. And I was working with a different editor at the time, uh, Ellie Belf. Um, and we were really trying to to just be be the change and be different. Mm. Um, and at the time, nobody was utilizing Instagram, uh, which is such a, a mad thing mad, because like yeah. it's such it's a free tool mm. and you can do so much with it. Like as a creative person, um, you know, some people might just look at it as like putting up a picture, but like I look at it as as right. Well, how can I break the boundaries of those yeah. four little walls? What can I do to mm. really grab somebody's attention? How can I make that move? What do I need to do to I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. So we, we started using How this. do you think outside the box? Exactly. The and actual, you do. The actual the box. box. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so I go back. We jumped ahead. Go okay, back. sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Where do I so go back? So you're 12. 13. 13. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Um, I woke up one morning and my spine had literally shifted oh around the other gosh. side of my body. So I went to bed normal. Um, I was out playing football the night before. Mm. I, was in, I was involved in every kind of sport imaginable and I wanted to be a show jumper and an Irish dancer and a singer and everything oh else. Oh my gosh. Um, and so my world just literally like turned upside down. I remember looking in the mirror and my, uh, my shoulder had elevated. I had a hump on my back. Oh my my hips, um, had elevated up towards my, my shoulders. And is it um, rare or this It's extremely rare. Okay. So scoliosis happens to around 2% of the entire population. Mm. The majority of which are young women going through puberty. Um, unfortunately, most people are, are born with it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it happens very early on in childhood where it can be tackled. So most children are cast um, or they're put through rigorous exercise regimes. Um, and then there's the, the, the surgeries. But yeah. because mine happens so aggressively, so quickly overnight in the space of seven hours, my spine went from God. 20 degrees to over 86 degrees. Um, I just needed surgery straight away. And thankfully, when I was diagnosed back in, I think it was 2003 or something, um, or maybe 2001, but anyway, uh, scoliosis wasn't so, like, a... scare as a little girl. Oh, totally. Like, totally. Well, I, I didn't even know what scoliosis was. Yeah. Like, I was yellow, and 
Um, oh but there was no like terrible waiting lists at the mm-hmm. time, which I'm like extremely privileged that yeah. I didn't have have that because there are literally hundreds of children right now who are in insufferable amounts of pain and their families because the Irish health system can't kick its own up yeah. the arse uh, and sort out the waiting lists. Um, and they're actually sending patients to Germany and the UK because we just can't handle it in our own hospitals. And as a matter of fact, one of the children's hospitals theatres is closed mm-hmm. for four days of, of the week. Um, for just... For costs reasons. Oh my um, so I know, I know things are being done, but not quick mm-hmm. enough. And as somebody who's had something like this, um, it's like living with a broken bone. That's the only way that I can describe okay. it. You can't, you're, you're completely debilitated. Your lung function is uh, hindered. Oh it, it can, it, it basically, your, your spine is being pulled down by gravity and it crushes your organs. Oh that's it God. in a nutshell really mm. so I was due to have um routine operation to place a, a titanium rod on each side of my spine to straighten it and to just stop it from progressing mm-hmm. um and when the second rod was put in I was paralyzed so I couldn't move my arms legs and I lost Tempor- every ounce of blood well obviously temporarily but yes. did you think at the, did you know at the time no was I was completely out like oh it was I was so I was so unwell that it came to a point where there was there was um a priest called and everything like it was really oh yeah it was really really bad and I remember waking up still from that operation I was moved to a different hospital because I was just so sick at the time and I had five tubes in each arm two big tubes in my stomach a, a machine breathing for me it was I still remember waking up and looking at the ceiling wondering oh where gosh. the hell in the world I am um terrifying but I, I completely got over it um took me a full year the the surgeries are like the most aggressive thing I've ever had done. Like you literally have to learn to walk, to sit, to go to the toilet, to reach up, to bend down. You can't oh bend gosh. to tie your own shoes. I couldn't put my hair up. Like you're completely dependent on somebody else to look after you. And I think as, as a young woman, like, you know, just as her body was about to change, that was incredibly intrusive when I, like, I've always been a bit of an independent madam. Mm. Like I just, I've, I'm the youngest of three boys and like, they're the messy boys. They need their mommy. I was like, yeah. I don't need anybody. I'm a big girl now. I was walking myself to school when I was four. Like my oh mom was like, okay, fine. I need you. <laughs> There's no stopping her. Like she's oh gone. Um, so got over that. I was in secondary school, which was absolute shite because all girls secondary school, uh, had to carry, oh. had to have a wheelie bag. So you can imagine oh the slaggings mm. had to have like special cushions to sit on. You know, I didn't want Just to be kids the... Kids are cruel. Kids yeah. are so cruel. Girls are so cruel. Mm. But um, I did have a very lovely, supportive group of friends at the time. And my parents were great. Um, but anyway, fast forward two years later after my first surgery. And I was on a trampoline. Came down on my knees. Heard a clink. Didn't think anything of it. Went back to school in September. My mom saw my uniform on me. And she's like, Neve, your shoulders are kind of dropping again. We went back to the hospital. And of course, my rod had broken. So my spine was actually twisting again and pulling me down further so I had another revision surgery um oh to straighten gosh. that up but after this then trampolines oh yeah avoid them avoid mm. them <laughs> don't recommend um but after that I, I recovered again and I, again it was another year of uh, recovery time while I was still in school and doing my junior cert at the time and it was it was tough because like all my friends were you know going on dates of boys and going mm. to discos and doing all the things that 14 15 year olds do at that time and I was at home taking codeine and diphene and 
on morphine patches because I just couldn't cope with the the pain anymore Um, and that's when I started to write and when I was 14 I got my first piece published in Kiss magazine Ah. a double page spread that I still have at home yeah I it was it was and had you before that like wanted to write or you just I was always very good at English I was always a reader I was always a writer it was just a thing I always had the diaries every day and then one day I couldn't do anything there was there was I was so restricted to no sports after any of these Mm -hmm. surgeries no contact sports barely walking um, just a bit of swimming uh, so I emailed the editor of KISS who I can't remember who it is so if you're listening to this get in touch with me it was like KISS circuit 2003 um, and I wrote her this email about my condition um, because I felt so horrible it must horrible. be someone it's probably like it's someone. somebody I know now yeah, I just totally. can't think of it I have to check you've the, got the, the magazine yeah, yeah. I, have, I have it at home so yeah. I'll have to root it out but I felt so miserable about my body, about myself. My self-esteem was really low. And I just found that writing was like an escape for me. Mm. So I wrote my story to Kiss and she wrote me back the most amazing email that I wish I had. But I could still I can still see it in my head. And she's like, you have a future as a writer. Amazing. And up until this point, I wanted to be a doctor or a vet. Okay. I've always been the, the high achiever. Never got, never never really achieved, but always <laughs> dream of being the achiever. Uh, I really wanted to study medicine. Um. But I was out of school so much, yeah. I and I subsequently just didn't get the the points in my leaving cert. But anyway, I went on um after having my second operation to have a third, uh because screws were coming out through my back and there was a few oh medical complications. Yeah. So I was always very slight and very very small, mm. um. But throughout this, I really struggled with um with pain and and confidence and. I just found that my life revolved around hospitals, whereas like I was a young woman, I had mm. aspirations. I. I loved doing things and being active, but I just couldn't because I felt like I was robbed of my own body. Mm. Like those days when like I wanted to be able to like go out with friends and do things, but the fatigue was so bad or I physically couldn't get out of the bed some days or I needed help in other ways. Um, so when I was 18, I, I said to my parents, I was like, I've had enough. I can't be on this medication anymore. I need to be able to just do my leaving cert and get on with life. So I met with my surgeon and we decided to... Um, try one more operation to to fully fuse my spine to my hips so that it would become one basically solid mass of bone and would never move and hopefully it would stop the pain I could come off the medication I'll be back to normal so I was like great sign me up but he was like Neve now there's risk fusing your hips to your spine yeah so he's like chances are you won't be able to run again we don't know about children will cross that bridge when we come mm. to it Um, you won't be able to bend ever again um, but I was like, you know what, that, the pain the, is like, oh, no, yeah. nothing outweighs yeah. the pain and the, the cost of like my life and like missing out on my life. Mm. So I had, um, a really major surgery in 2015 to fuse my hips to my spine. 2015. Yeah. And like no time. Like, no, it, it really isn't like, it's kind of, it's kind of, sorry, 20, shining, 2014. I had that big I one. I launched my shining armor in 2014. Which feels like yesterday. <laughs> I know, it's it's mental. And I was long gone past 25 then. I know. And it's mad because I, I remember waking up from that oh one too God. and like the pain. Um, and strangely, when I woke up from that one, because you're, you're delirious mm. on uh, anesthetic. And I instantly put my hands to my chest and I was like, did he put them in? <laughs> and my, my mom was like, Jesus Christ, put her back to sleep. <laughs> um, that, that was a really tough operation though. Like I, oh. I've never experienced anything like it. Like I literally had two giant pins down into my legs from my spine. And it was just, it was really tough. Uh, I found that very mentally taxing and oh 
but um I think what what drove me through it was finishing school like I just I wanted I knew I knew I had something better and bigger to mm-hmm. do and I still know I have something better and bigger knew. to do like I know no I what, like I know you have something bigger I, I know I do too but I, I <laughs> yeah. don't quite know what it is yet but I get to that in a minute that's normal um but I just I don't I know like, what I'm doing at the moment uh, <laughs> sure um I just I just knew I had to get better yeah so I, I pushed through it. it was really it was really hard and I was going in to do my leaving cert and it was just it was so hard looking back on it now mm. even things like my god like I couldn't walk up and down the stairs without help so and my I I live in a in a normal two bed house mm-hmm. or two-story, two-story house with my parents and so my mom would have to get me out of the bed and bring me downstairs before she went to work in the morning but I couldn't get up or down myself so I'd have to wait until she came home from work to go to the toilet or to do no. anything I was just sitting there yeah. and I was like no like I have to I have to be able to do things myself mm-hmm. so like, that was definitely a tough one um but then finished school didn't get the points I wanted heartbreak heartbreak Mm -hmm. started studying journalism and I absolutely loved it I took to it instantly Mm. um I I I just I found like I I don't know I found something I loved going to college and loved everything about it there was still problems with um with my health I was like they say any anesthetic that goes into your body it takes seven years to come out of your system fully jeez yeah because you're when you think about it you're putting everything in your body asleep Mm. um and I think people take that for granted. Like even now, like yeah. I get such bad fatigue. We do compared to the Americans. Like the Americans are Americans are terrified to go have surgery. Oh like yeah, to go under anesthetic. Yeah. Like, oh my god, they think this is it. Like, yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah. Die it is. In their it's it's such whatever. a scary. Um, it's such. But a we scary take process. it very like. Oh yeah, it's just an anesthetic. No worries. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit of a trip, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's coming it's, out of it. It's just like wow. yeah. No, there there's been some scary times, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have such a drastic surgery was. I was on things that were making me hallucinate and Jeez. it was it was frightening. Yeah. I mean I mean just putting stuff into your body that it's, you don't it's, yeah. That's why when I see even people at festivals like taking ketamine, which like ketamine is in anesthetic, I've I've hallucinated really badly on that mm. and it just it baffles me how people do it for would fun. want yeah, do it for yeah. fun. That's a different story. Um but unfortunately, um things kinda of went a bit sour when I was in when I was in college and um, metal again started coming out through my skin. I felt I find it really hard to, or I did find it hard to gain weight. Um, and I couldn't sit. I couldn't sit at all without the pins like sticking out through my skin. So um, we decided to just nip it in the bud and take them out. So I had my final spinal surgery in twenty fifteen. Thank God that mm-hmm. is over. Yeah. Um, but then so that was your fourth. That was my fourth yeah. spinal operation. Yeah, yes. and then, then suddenly the lump appeared not on my back though on my neck and I started to feel really really crap um I was constantly having sinus infections and feeling just generally run down but mm-hmm. I was I was working hard I was I was working a full-time job plus college plus freelancing so I was I've always kind of like yeah. I've always kind of just ran in myself into the ground mm-hmm. and at this stage I was like living life like to the fullest I was yeah. like all the time meeting new people catching dating people like d- literally years. catching <laughs> up to the max <laughs> Um, and I kind of, I went to a couple of doctors, they were like, here's another antibiotic, here's another one, until I decided I needed to not take another antibiotic mm-hmm. and maybe get, get a different opinion, so I went to my college doctor in DIT, and he sent me for blood straight away, the bloods came back straight away, they rang me straight away, and they were like, you need to go to the hospital, you need to go get a scan done, um, and turned out the lump on my neck that had been there for about eight months oh was God. cancer oh my 
Um, so in the September 2015, I was diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer. And had you said to me, what is a thyroid? I wouldn't have been able to point it out because I didn't know what a thyroid was. It was just by chance. I was in a pharmacy one day and I was explaining to the, to the lady how tired I was. I said, oh, it's probably your thyroid levels, which led me to go to the, the DIT doctor. Yeah. And that was, it went from literally oh zero God, to a million. Within 10 days, I was in having the most aggressive surgery I've ever had. And I mean, I've had pretty, yeah. pretty nasty surgeries, yeah. but they opened me up from ear to ear and took out my entire thyroid and all my lymph glands in my neck because cancer had started to spread into my lymph nodes. Um, and they put my neck back together with fishing wire. So, well, medical fishing wire. Mm. So I literally looked like I had a head transplant. And I asked the nurses after the surgery to take and this every... this nothing connected to your Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I've just... had genetic testing done and everything. But I asked the nurses to take out any um, mirror or okay. anything shiny. I was like, yeah. I don't want to look at myself. I can't. For days, I couldn't. I eventually did, obviously. But I had these horrible drains sticking out of my neck and it was it was an awful time and then I had um I had uh they don't do chemo or uh, uh normal like radiation mm-hmm. for thyroid cancer because of the type of cells that they are and um, so surgery is the first form of action and then they give you one giant dose of radiation and then you you're put into an isolation chamber for up to a week oh um it's baffling it's the strangest it's it was the strangest time of my life but seven days after being diagnosed with cancer I was diagnosed with kidney disease oh I needed my God. kidney taken out so also nothing to do also nothing oh. nothing to do with my scoliosis or the cancer um so I had the my back surgery in May 2015 the cancer in September 10th September and then my kidney on the first week in October all in 2015. Oh, and I was oh finishing gosh. my thesis. <laughs> Throw it in there. Oh yeah, it was, it was a really, it was the toughest, toughest, toughest year. And my, my brother also died of an overdose as well that year. So it was, uh, it was, it was the most, I, I feel like, I feel like any tough situation I come into yeah. now, I just, I know I can overcome it because if I can overcome yeah. all of that misery and it was truly, truly misery, then I can, and I can it's literally like you're achieve a victim anything. of it, or all of you are a survivor. No, no, and, I'm not but, a victim no, but at as, all. But as in, that's the way that's I think you have people, to, yeah. you either let things define you and be like, this mm. happened to me, so everything is, you know, and you yeah. let life yeah. be ruled by what happened. Totally. Or you go, oh, but I have overcome. Mm. And, and you, you just, have to. Oh my God. Like, you have to, because I, there was. I, do you know what? I can count on one hand the amount of times that I cried and felt sorry for myself because my mom wouldn't let me. Mm. She was like, just stop, get over that now. There's no need for that crying. Mm. And she was so right. Like, you have to give yourself a kick up the arse because, well, first of all, nobody else is going to do it for you unless mm. you have an amazing group of friends, which unfortunately, I fell out with all my friends and I got sick. Um, I have two, three soulmates, including my mom. Uh, one of them is my absolute soulmate Katie who's known me since birth and the mm. other is my lovely sweetheart mm. <laughs> I love it <laughs> couple uh, he's great um, but I'm, I met him 10 days before I was diagnosed with cancer I had gone on one date with him and oh my god yeah and the day I was diagnosed I was actually I was actually doing a, a really cool project so, uh, with it. So the whole, so when this is all going on, I met a boy. This great guy. I met a boy. Oh, that's good. I know it's proper like romance story. Like met him. He was actually 
he was redesigning my blog at the time and I was interviewing him for the student independent That was, your blog was like Culture 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 Culture. Culture. Yeah, Papa. yeah, years and years ago. We're not going to talk about it. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? I loved it at but the time. He's like but... Jay Couple and me. Oh, I love him. Yeah. I just yeah. love it, guys. You have no, to look him up. He's great. Um, he. Oh, it's funny how, because I met Jake then through Leading Social. Yeah. And then I must have already known. I, I don't know. But then I was like, oh. <laughs> you're like two peas in a pod we, we, genuinely like, I hate saying the phrase other half like I think I'm like no but he's you're a whole so person much. you're not half a person no. but like if there were two people who just finish each other off yeah he's he's brilliant and it's it's not even yeah I don't even feel like it's like a typical relationship yeah um but I remember it's like how the hell am I going to tell it's like magic it's yeah. like if you believe in if you believe in no, do you know what it is? I, I really needed In a friend. The, yeah. I didn't need anything romantic. Yeah. Because, I mean, romance was not a thing. You that needed I, a person. I needed a person. But, yeah. like, I never I never really had relationships growing up because I had one or two. Because it's hard to meet people. Well, like, like how do you explain to somebody? Oh, sorry, I actually can't bend. Like, this is going to be a bit awkward later on. <laughs> like, it's so awkward. There are so yeah. many things that I had to come across and think, like, okay, can I actually do that? Like, what happens now? What happens next? Like... So I just avoided the situation altogether. But then um, when I met Jake, um, I was like, Jesus, how am I going to tell this like really nice looking guy that I won't be able to see him for a little while? So I remember standing outside Tropical Popical literally an hour after I was diagnosed, came straight from the Matter Hospital because I kind of just, I didn't t- take you it did, in. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I have cancer. Yeah. So I rang him and I was like, yeah, I, I won't be around for a little while. I'm, 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 I actually have cancer. So like, like maybe we can like re like reconvene when I'm better and like I didn't really think about what I was saying and like he was so upset I was like how is this guy so upset like I only know him like a week mm. um but the day that I was having my surgery he arrived to the hospital at seven o'clock in the morning in a three-piece suit never met my parents before oh, and bless. sat there for 14 hours was while it I a had purple surgery. three-piece suit it was a navy <laughs> toned it down for the parents I think it was navy but after that no I knew I knew he was he did I just needed a person yeah. and, and he was there. He so was up for being a person. Yeah. But enough about him. Back away. Yes. More Sorry. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then I had the, the cancer surgery and did all of that lark and then had my kidney taken out and um, worked from worked through college from home um handed my thesis in and so where were you working? Oh no, you, you were doing college. Yeah, college. yeah. yeah. I, I was, I completely just stayed at home mm. and I needed something to focus on. Mm. I was so sick. I was so unwell. I was so miserable that I just needed to push but myself. But your brain was fine and you could brain I just, journal. I knew there was something else. I knew. Mm. And even after my surgery on my neck, um, Brendan Courtney, my fashion dad, he took me over to London Fashion Week <laughs> no with him and my best friend at the time. And it just was, it was only a week after having my surgery and my parents were like, she can't go. And he was like, she can go. <laughs> and I got over there and I was like, this is the life I want. Like, this is it. <laughs> so I came home and I was like, I am not sick anymore. This is, this is going to happen. Is so yeah, yeah, just. Best thing that ever happened. Had the taste. Yeah. No, I had, the, I had the taste from a few years back, let me oh, tell yeah. you. But um, you know, I just pushed myself and got over the few humps and bumps. And, and then when that was like two years ago, three years ago, three years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So just, is it true that you, you got your job here by saying you need to employ me? I'm amazing. Not necessarily. I, hear, I heard this through the rumor. Man. Um, I definitely, I was definitely wanted it and went for it. Yeah, no, I did. And, um, no, I, I definitely pushed for it and I gave them reasons Hold to on, hire I'm skipping me. skipping ahead now. So you finished college. Yeah. 
You did your thesis. No, you were doing a thesis. Yeah, I handed, handed my yeah. thesis in. And then on like the Tuesday and got the job on like the Friday. Ah, so how, so tell me about the week then, how you got the job. Um, I simply interviewed um, the wonderful Ellie Belf and uh, Jesse Collins, who were both mm-hmm. working here at the time. And I sent them, I spent ages and ages doing up this fabulous CV. And I just took a chance and sent them the best uh, writing uh, examples that I had at the time. Uh, explained what I could do, what I could offer Image and they offered me an interview and I came in and we chatted about things that I had done um, just what I could bring to the table mm-hmm. and um, I felt like I felt like I had a lot to offer and I still do mm. um, and I think they made the right decision. <laughs> I think they do too. <laughs> here you are, two year, you're here two, three years. Two and a half years now, yeah, going oh into my, my third year, yeah. And now you're a leader. I'm just Were you like, leader. I want to be a leader? Um, it's a great title. Not by... Like, titles aren't, like... No, titles end, aren't the be-all and end-all. But it's, it sounds... It even sounds interesting. Like, it's not run-of-the-mill. You're not a run-of-the-mill person. No, I don't, th- I don't think I'll ever be categorised mm. as a run-of-the-mill kind of person. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been fun. But I think if, if I was to offer any kind of advice to people maybe looking to get into the industry mm-hmm. or um, who are already in the industry... Um, biggest thing for me was like upskilling and being aware of what the industry needs and not just what you might need as a as an individual but yeah. what you can give back to the company or the project that you're working on so if a video is the big thing at the minute yeah. train yourself up in video you yeah. don't need the fancy equipment you have you probably have the most high-tech smartphone that's on the market yeah that actually shoots in 4k your phone now is more powerful than most a microsoft uh, computer yeah. 10 years ago and like, most yeah. um slr cameras yeah so you have it it's literally in your fingertips mm. um similarly if if photography is what you need to do then do it if graphic design is what mm. you need to do then do it i did all of those things in my i was in college for five years um and in that time i upskilled and all of those things and even today like i i'm constantly learning and like i think you have to but yeah. i enjoy that as well like i enjoy like knowing more and like soaking it all up and yeah. I think um I owe a lot of thanks to like the my friends who you're are basically all gonna... sat on your laurels for long enough and now yes. you're like I don't want to sit on my no, laurels no I don't want to sit down let me stand <laughs> yeah. up but like my friends are all in the creative industries as well and they all like I see the life that they have and how how intelligent and smart mm-hmm. they are and, and just how they've like crafted this amazing path for themselves and I just want that too and, and mm-hmm. they've like passed down their their knowledge to me and like I just hope to be able to pass it down to somebody else as well because um millennials get such a bad rap you're like super millennial no but, it, I, but they get a bad rap because they're ambitious mm-hmm. I think and they kind of people yeah. say oh they come in and you know, they want I, I whatever see nothing and... wrong with being either ambitious or confidence and of course yeah. there's a fine line between confidence and cocky and I get yeah. that there definitely is an arrogance mm. but I think there's nothing wrong with, with being a woman and saying yeah. I'm good but at wanting this. big things because I yeah. think that's the thing people confuse it because they might come in and go okay I'm an intern when am I when am I getting to do the big gig you know yeah like yeah this. and in fairness I really was thrown in the deep end when I came in here because we had such a small team you had to mm-hmm. be able to do everything yeah. from the get-go um and there's no babying when you come into a big place like this and there's well no time for well, it, I sure. have amazing mentors yeah. like the women in here and men are incredible but for the most part you really just have to push yourself as much as you can and and also hold your hand up and say when you need help yeah which I still do every day that's cool yeah and that's your story. Is there any more? It's part what of it, I guess. It? There's there's so much, um, so many different different facets. I should probably 
um, give a shout out and say that I've just been officially oh. instated as an ambassador to Kappa Hospital with um, Francis Brennan, which is really, really nice. Yeah, cool. I've uh, Kappa Hospital have given me literally a lifetime of care, so it's really nice to be able yeah. to give back. So I, mm. I do a lot um, of volunteer work with um, Scoliosis Association of Ireland and um, offer support um, for families and uh, children with scoliosis mm. and just helping them on their journey because there actually isn't any uh, services available for scoliosis sufferers or like counselling mm-hmm. um, and knowing like, you know, simple things like where to get a good mattress for a bandy back is yeah. actually a crucial thing that I wish I, I knew or my mm-hmm. parents knew when I was younger. Um, and as well as that... Incur- to see that you came out the other side of it. Exactly. There um, is life after yes. scoliosis. Um, and right now, fitness is a massive, massive part of yeah. my life as well. I started weight training about two years ago um, and it's completely transformed my ability, um, both mentally and physically. I've been able to gain a lot more weight. I'm strongest I've ever been. Mm. And I can bend again and I can run. Yeah. I've been running every every week now um for the last two years um and I feel like really like good in myself yeah. and quite empowered um yeah cool. that's me cool. that's just me and instead <laughs> of asking you what would you tell your 16 year old self what would you not tell your 16 year old self oh, don't listen to that stupid person on the beach that pointed and laughed at your body because... but what would you not tell like as in you tell yourself that but what would you not tell yourself Oh, what would I not tell I don't know, myself? I came up with this question and I was like, that sounds like a, that could be an interest, you know. What would I not tell I myself? I suppose you always will tell yourself. I tell myself to maybe not wear the um, matching baby blue velour tracksuit. That was kind of like hit and miss. You're like experimentation. You know what? I don't. I wouldn't say. I think you have to. Those experiences are what make you exactly. They're character building, and like my parents always laugh at me and say like, "Haha, character building." But they genuinely are. Mm -hmm. Like I was the ugliest duckling. I mean, I had the eye patch. I had missing the four front teeth. I was an asthmatic. I was so so. I was really overweight because I was on so many steroids from asthma, and then my spine twists, and then everything else. Like I mean, I was the ugliest duckling, but. Um, I think you have to try all the things and yeah. and this is a whole other topic but fashion was literally like my armour growing up because I was so conscious about how I looked because mm-hmm. of my body um, but if I didn't experiment and try all those things I probably wouldn't be as confident or yeah. as like but you're a creative and an in, so you have to try things in order to yeah. find yeah. the mood and you know like it's and like I hope I look back on photos in 50 years time and be like oh my god I, I like can't believe I wore those together but jesus i look great <laughs> yeah that's... yeah you'll have your own doll oh my and god fashion line my like ha- as oh well. yeah I no i I definitely will have my own fashion line and at some yeah. stage well go on what are all the fifteen thousand? not just one thing i'm sure like no, you'd be like there's... oh i'd love to go work at condé nast <laughs> and then you get to condé nast and you're like oh well i'd love to own my own condé nast yeah <laughs> um no i have i could see that i have I could see you disappearing for like, you know, like disappearing for 10 years. Like, where did she ever go? Do you remember that girl and she was saying was the next big thing? And then bang, who is the like mind, like the, the powerhouse behind? I'll be the like female um, Elon Musk or something. Yeah. And I'd be like, I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. I'm... But you see, you got to do your, you got to do your, your time. You know, you've got to do yeah. your. This is me doing my time. 
and loving every second of it so um who knows what's next i just i just hope there's a it's only it's only up from here i've had all the downs so it's only (laughs) it's all 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 the sitting around is done go 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 get it get it yeah thank you so much for chatting thank this you this has been so good and you can find me at yes. Eve underscore couple that's C-U-P-L. I'll put all your info in the comments so <laughs> rate and review and subscribe and everything I'll put all your info down below and people can like ask to be your assistant to learn everything <laughs> from you thanks so much that was amazing oh my gosh she's so cool just to note guys she's actually since we recorded this she has changed her instagram username to neve not nimi anyone who travels or works abroad with an irish uh, very irish un- hard to pronounce name will understand um but yeah so it's down the show notes if to get the correct spelling but um thanks so much for listening i will ask you to please rate and review us on apple i'd really appreciate it go on do it now it'll take you two seconds and i massively would appreciate it it means so much and it helps people find the podcast and it helps it go up the rankings which i really appreciate and please do share it with anyone who you think has to listen to this um because it's freaking awesome and subscribe you'll get new alerts for new episodes which i hope to be back recording very soon fingers crossed that the next episode is a real live new episode um yeah so wishing you a wonderful day i hope you are feeling good and have a big fat smile on your face have a good one